Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of the Footy Game Day Squad Show. I'm your host Cal and joining me today I've only got Tom as we're here to break down everything AFL Fantasy for Round 9. Tom, I'm wearing a Milwaukee Bucks jersey today and they've just lost in the playoffs. Care to tell our listeners why I'm wearing this? Yeah mate, so look, everyone knows here that I'm a Celtics fan. I pretty much have brought it up every single time I've done an intro about how happy or sad I am about a loss or a win. And uh, Boston were down in the series and ended up getting the win against the Bucks. So Callum here is sitting in that shirt in shame. He knows what he did. Uh, he didn't back my boys. Now we're on to the next round. It's super exciting stuff. Yeah, I was sleeping on his Celtics. But fortunately, this is the AFL podcast and I don't have to sit here and have Tom tell me why I'm wrong. But Tom, what we are going to do, we are going to get out your right and wrongs for the round that was. So do you want to kick things off for round nine? Yeah, mate, I'd love to. So looking at what I got right, and I'm looking back at the Swans' loss to Brisbane Lions a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned how Tom Papley didn't look amazing, but he was working his way back into form, you know, coming off Mm -hmm. an injury which saw him see extended time on the sidelines. Didn't have concerns, and I mentioned that he would find his feet sooner than later, but later has already come against the Essendon Bombers. Got plenty of touches of the footy, and he was a catalyst for a bunch of the Swans' goals on the weekend. Mm. Great to see him up and about, and yeah, that's definitely what I got right. Well, let's flip it over. What did I get wrong? And I'm giving you a bit of a shout-out here, Callum, but was Ooh. I too critical on the Port Power? Don't know if I was completely wrong yet. Time will tell, but they look much more impressive than the start of the season. I think the criticism that they got early was just, but... They have turned things around since then, and they're slowly creeping their way back into the top eight. They're just outside right now, you know, for such a, let's say, horrendous start after coming off last year, they're right back in the mix. Yes, we are. We are. I don't think it was um, unjust. I think there were some pretty poor games in there. Remember, we didn't score a goal for almost three quarters against Melbourne, but... We did almost beat Carlton, and Carlton were in good form, and we almost beat Brisbane and Brisbane as well, and then lost after the siren to the the Crows. So, yeah, there, there was a little bit of faith there, but, hey, I, if you go back, you, you'll you see me. I wanted Hinkley out, but, no, nah, I backflipped on that. I love that one, though. We're oh, back. Yeah. We're 4-0. and First five weeks didn't count. <laughs> <laughs> what I got right, though, was, and I, I've been banging this drum for so long, which is a bit of a controversial one. But I keep saying Bailey Smith is the number one card that you want in our GDS game. Oh, yep. You want him more than Brayshaw, you want him more than Walsh, you want him more than anyone else. That legend card for me is the number one card. And right now, he leads the league with the highest average GDS score. So not only is he super young, not only can he do it when his team wins or loses, but yeah, he's just, he's a freak. He's a freak. So... Yeah, I think I'm very happy with that one. I'm very interested to see, can he keep it up and can he hold off Brayshaw for the rest of the year? Yeah, big call there, um, outdoing Brayshaw. I don't know about that, but hey, the numbers don't lie. And this next one was one I know you were pretty critical of on both because I've kind of grouped two here together, but I've been wrong about Christian Petrarca and I've been wrong about the Demons. So I said Petrarca because I didn't. I thought there were better demons to have. I thought you'd pick Gorn and I thought you'd pick Oliver over him. But right now, he's proven me wrong. He's the demon's highest average score and the ninth highest GDS score in the league. And then for the demons, I said I thought they'd have a fall off here, a bit of a premiership hangover, and they're undefeated, and I'm looking more and more silly by the day. 
So I will caveat that one, but I did say I think they'd be more like Richmond Tigers when they lost in 2018, like a free preliminary final loss that no one expected Collingwood to beat them. So that's still on the cards, but I did think they'd have a bit of a slower start than this. So yeah, I've definitely got that one wrong. Yeah, that wrong one. My goodness. I still remember preseason us doing our rankings, and I think you and Kerm didn't have the Demons in the top two for the year, yeah. and I was You're stunned. falling off your chair. Yeah, but hey, mate, it happens, eh? It happens. All right, Tom, as we do every review show, we're going to move on to Studs and Duds, where we look at every single game that was, and we pick a fantasy stud and a fantasy dud. But before we do that, we're here because of Game Day Squad. Game Day Squad is currently Australia's only fantasy sport platform launched using blockchain technology. If you haven't heard about us before, go down in our link below. We've got our description. Everything's there to tell you everything that we're doing. It's a revolutionary way to play fantasy sports, and we cannot wait for our competitions to start, which we expect to be only three weeks away. So there's our Discord below. There's a Discord and our socials below. Make sure you're checking them out, as we will have some announcements, I believe, this week. So keep your eyes peeled for them. Let's go. What, now, you, we did say Kerm wasn't here, so Kerm's been called into work late, which means his studs and duds that we've had to look after this week, we ha- he's already put his on the screen, so we'll be able to bring them up, but unfortunately we don't have many notes on them, so we'll have to sit here and speculate on why he picked who he did. But, Tom, you have game one, so we won't need to speculate about who you've got. Tell us, who was your stud and who was your dud? Yeah, I sure did, mate. And let me get right into it. So it was Collingwood versus Bulldogs in this one. 51 Collingwood, 99 the Bulldogs. So great win there. My start of the game was Adam Trelaw. Um, He was the best player on the ground in this matchup, dominating the midfield and finishing well inside 50 as well. Um, He finished the game with 21 kicks, 14 handballs, 3 marks, 3 tackles, 3 goals, and a behind, putting him at 163 game day squad fantasy points. It's a great game for Trelaw and a much-needed win for the Bulldogs. Awesome performance. Um, Yeah, fantasy managers there are stoked with that one. Huge outing. But my dad... He's a forward too. He's a forward in our game. We don't have dual position, so he's a forward, which makes it even more attractive. Oh, man. Those numbers at that position, that is just delicious. We love that. And the dud of the game is steel side bottom. He was one of the more notable players who didn't have a great outing in this one. He finished the game with a line of 10 kicks, 6 handballs, 3 marks, 2 tackles. Lots of ball going into Collingwood's back 50 throughout this game, but just not getting to side bottom, putting him at 69 game day squad fantasy points in this one. Yeah, tough one, tough one. If your team only kicks 7 goals, it's hard for those forwards to to score highly. Oh yeah. So no, I, I like those ones there. Moving on to game two, I had the game where the Tigers knocked off the Hawks. Now, my stud wasn't the highest scoring person on the game, but it's a big, big performance for him, and I could finally say he's back, and that's Dustin Martin. 117 GDS points, 17 kicks, three goals, and it was the first game that he's really, since he's come back, looked like the Dusty of old. Kicked a couple of behinds as well, so he could have had an even bigger score. But yeah, no, massive, massive day for, um, well, massive to see him back. And we expect some bigger scores for him to come in the future. Yeah, that's my huge. dud though. Love that. Yeah, everyone everyone loves to see him back. So no, that's good. Moore, Dylan Moore had a bit of a dud game. So oh, he's yeah. been in some hot form, but he's currently in the all GDS forward team. So we do have some sort of high expectations for him. But he had his worst game of the year: zero goals, 
Seven kicks and only 66 GDS points. It was by far his worst game of the season. It wasn't just a drop-off from another one. So, yeah, I imagine that's a little bit of a blip, and hopefully we see the real Dylan Moore bounce back next week. Yeah, expect a strong bounce back there, for sure. Now, game three, I would love to sit here and talk about, but this is one of Kerm's ones. So he had Ollie Wines, who had 147 GDS points as the start of the game, which is fair. From what I saw, I thought I loved him. I would have picked him as well. But I didn't realize at the time that Travis Boak was playing so poor. But 46 GDS points, quite a low outing from the guy who we've spoken a lot about. How I've Remember I sold him too early and then I bought him back and now I'm looking going, geez, did I bring him back too early? Yeah, mate, you're so. just jumping ship there. I love to see it though. So much confusion. But on the plus side there, uh, Wines, mate, that is awesome performance from him. He hasn't been looking too great uh, this year in, in comparison to last year at least. You know, Brownlow contention all of last year. Uh, he was amazing. And to see him bounce back, have a big game like this, and Port are now rolling, could be scary hours. Yeah, we have Geelong next week. So that'll be a good one because, yeah, we'll get to Geelong with game four, but I think they're beatable, definitely, um, in Port Adelaide as well. So game four, you talk about why Geelong lost and who you had as your stud and your dud. Yeah, exactly right. Speaking of Geelong, let's do their match. So they versus the Saints in this one, 90 to the Saints, 80 to Geelong in a very close game there, just 10 points of difference. That was a great game to watch. Um, but my stud of this game is Brad Crouch. He was the best on. He scored his fantasy yeah. points through so many different aspects in this one, which was really impressive to see. He finished the game with a line of 13 kicks, 23 handballs, 3 marks, 7 tackles, and kicked a behind. A great outing for Crouch, and the Saints getting a huge win against Geelong. And that was a pretty big score. Yeah, 139 there. Sorry, I cut you off. But massive score, and he's only had 13 kicks. So, yeah, you're right. He must have been doing everything else but kick it, hey? Yeah, absolutely. And if you turn more of those handballs into kicks, that could have been a monster game as well. Mm. But my dart of the game, this one really hurts. Um, I've talked about my love for this guy. I've expressed it a lot on this show. It's Patrick Dangerfield. Um, He just didn't have a good one. He wasn't able to dominate the midfield the way he would have liked he finished the game with eight kicks, 13 handballs, zero marks, three tackles. And in such a close game, he'll be hoping to bounce back next week and get Geelong back in the win column. And that put him for 72 <laughs> game day squad fantasy points. So just a quiet one for him. And yeah, I was going to say, you definitely hope not. Uh, yeah, it's it's good. Geelong's a better tell, a worse team when Paddy's up and not up and about. So yeah, I hope he stays down for next week yeah. and he can bounce back. <laughs> Absolutely. What about your game, mate? Mate, I've got your Swannies game five. Bit of a no contest this one, really. Unfortunately, yeah. Um, yeah. Essendon. Yeah, big big disappointment. But someone who wasn't disappointment. And there's only one answer to the question: who who was the stud in this game? Callum Mills. Oh, this yeah. guy, 181 GDS points. 21 kicks, 13 tackles, 4 frees, 4. He was just finding the footy constantly. Um, This isn't the first time he's had a monster game this year either. He is really becoming one of the game's elite players. And yeah, scores like that show you why. Dude, he's going to have level poisoning by the end of the year. Mm, He is. He is. I, I, I thought he'd be good. I didn't think he'd be this good this year. He's um yeah he used to find a few cheap touches, but now he's actually doing a fair bit of damage with the ball as well. It's quite scary. So yeah, your Swanee's still going along quite nicely. A couple more big tests to come though. Carlton Friday night is going to be a big game. Huge I, game. Very excited. 
I don't know. I don't know. I've got Carlton parents and a, a girlfriend who goes for Sydney, so I'm going to have to be very quiet in the living room. Yeah, good luck, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I genuinely don't know who's going to win. It should be a ripper of a game, but I know who's. I don't even know who they're playing next week, but I know who's going to lose, and that's going to be Essendon because they suck. And Zach Merritt had himself a stinker of a game. His worst game in 2022 by an absolute huge margin. Only six kicks, eight handballs, and just, yeah, just 64 GDS points in a game that they got rolled in. So, yeah, disappointing. I hope they back bounce back, but, yeah, it's not looking good for them at the moment. Yeah, that wasn't too great. Not good to see as well. Game six was Kerm, so we don't have the full details here, but Rory Laird in a loss had a massive 145 points, and Cam Rayner in, in, in a win had 71, and they were his studs and duds, respectively. Lions yeah. looked like they won this one pretty easily, but yeah, I, I didn't get to see this game personally. Did you get to watch it at all? Nah, I didn't get to, but you know, it's just outclassed in this one for sure. You look at the Lions lineup, they are just so deep and so talented throughout all different positions, and unfortunately, it's not the same with Crows. Yeah, nah, as expected there. It was interesting to see Laird have such a big game when the Crows did so poor, but yeah. I think we'll talk about him in a little bit, so I'll, I'll pause that because I've actually got some notes on that. But let's talk about a game we can actually talk about. Game 7, and I wish, wish Kerm was here. The Suns are up and about two in a row, knocked off your Swans last last week, and knocked off Frio, just dominated. But give us who was the stud of that game. Yeah, man, it's so sad. I feel like every time the Suns win, Kerm just gets called in or something and has to miss the show where he can J up his team. Like, I just can't do his team justice. But what a great win, as you mentioned. 69 points to the Suns, 33 to the Freo Dockers, who just quietly have been so hot this year and are such a great team. So that is a huge win. My start mm. of the game, though, goes to Tuke Miller, and he has bounced back to fantasy dominance after a couple of quiet games to start off the season. He was undoubtedly fantasy's best player last year. The Suns, with another fantastic win, as I mentioned, he knocked off Frio and finished with a line of 22 kicks, 12 handballs, 2 marks, 8 tackles, and 154 game day squad fantasy points. Massive. Yeah. Tuke Miller is back. Yeah, he is. And they did that in the wet, too. So it's, to get 22 kicks in the wet, that's very, very impressive. That is elite numbers. And let's go to the flip side of things. My dad of the game is Sean Darcy. And of course, he had to go MIA in this one. That will make a little bit more sense in the round 10 preview show. So stay tuned for that and check into that one. But um, not a good game from the big fella. We give him some good raps here on the show. And yeah, it hurts, man. I'm going to go through his line right now. He had five kicks, four handballs, zero marks, one tackle, 39 hitouts. And that put him for 77 Game day squad fantasy points in this one. Sounds good. A little bit of a teaser. Stay tuned for our preview show for round 10 then to hear more about that. I'll swiftly move on to game eight, and that was when the Blues got the job done against the Giants. I'm going to give the stud, though, to a Giant in Josh Kelly. He showed again why this year. He's one of the few Giants players you actually want in your team. Equal high, 151 GDS points, 36 touches, a goal, and seven tackles. He was a shining light um, in that game. There are actually a few Giants that played quite well. So they did had some good fantasy numbers, and they were in the game for quite a fair bit. But, yeah, Carlton just got them at the end, which is a shame in Leon Cameron's um, last game in charge of them. But someone that was a little bit of a shame and someone that has a pretty high score for a, a dud of the, the game, but Paddy Cripps, 
we're pretty big on this guy, me in particular. So we have to be pretty harsh when pretty he doesn't big. hit the bar <laughs> that we stand on. Yeah. But had his worst game of the season outside of that game. He had his injury in round um, four or four. So, which just shows his class. Um, yeah. So if we're just disappointed when he's getting 91, then yeah, I feel like he's having a pretty good year. But in this one, not his best game. Man, I tell you what, I was not expecting that. That was a huge curveball. I had a different player in mind, but I'm going to mention them a little bit later in the show. So we'll go through them. Ooh, stay tuned, stay tuned. And finally, yeah, game nine, another one of Kerm's ones. So yep. I spoke about it before. Petrarca, 160 points, massive game. Dominant. Two goals, four. Two goals, four. And that's why we love our mids that kick goals in GDS because... Goals are worth a little bit more. Kicks are worth a little bit more. So if you've got a midfielder that can hit the scoreboard, you get scores like that. And that could have been a lot higher as well. But someone he had down was Ben Brown. And I actually noticed this one here. I had a look at this one before. He only had four kicks the whole game against the Eagles in a game they were expected to dominate. And 42 GDS points. I can see why Kerm gave him the dud there. Deserves that one. Yeah, absolutely. Both of those deserved. Petrarca, when he's kicking goals... Might be one of the best midfielders to have in all of fantasy. Uh, it's just when he does, he doesn't kick them every week, but great to see him on the score sheet. And Tom, this is something I've been saying has been coming for a while now. I, I've been talking it up. I've been saying I've been busy, but I finally got together I think I know our what it rolling, is. our stud and dud leaderboard. Let's go. So we can finally actually go through after nine rounds and see how many people we've given studs and duds to. And I'm going to start with the duds here. And I'm bringing it up on screen, and it's no surprise if you've been following along that we have given Jack's Evil a dud <laughs> four out of the nine times. I did say in the last show that I wasn't going to talk about him anymore, so I won't. If you want to see a rant on that, go back to that um to that review last week's review show. I was very very harsh on him. Um, but Chad Wingard and Cam Rayner, a couple of young forwards, or not young forwards, a couple of gun forwards, I should say. Rayner, who's just coming back from his ACL. Has been we, we think he's been a little bit disappointing. And Chad Wingard, who we had higher expectations for what he's delivering this year, even though the Hawks have been okay. So any surprises there or a name you thought that might have popped up on that leaderboard? Yeah, I think it's quite fair, to be honest with you, the three players there. A bit stiff on Cam Rayner, as you mentioned, coming off an ACL. But, you know, the expectation is he's in such a high-octane offense that he should be able to score quite well with the Brisbane Lions. It just isn't translating to that now. But as I said before in the show... Uh, he's my hold player. He's a player you want to hold on to. He's going to be an X-Factor player for the Brisbane Lions as the season progresses. So don't expect him to be there every week. He'll bounce back from that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I think that's one of those ones where we just have so, such high expectations for him. We know how good he can be. So, yeah, that's fair enough. And finally here, on the studs, a bit of a surprise on top. Benny Keys has won at four of the nine games he's played in. Oh, yes. Which is a little bit of a shock because I thought Brayshaw or Cripps would be running away with this. But no, them and Bailey Smith and Max Gorn all sit on three apiece. What surprised you the most about that? Absolutely nothing. All those guys have been <laughs> fantasy point magnets all year. They are dominating the game in so many different aspects. Um, they are all players that if you have their legend card right now, you are licking your lips, licking your fingers, Ooh, yeah. that you love that. That is delicious. So, yeah, no surprises to me, mate. What about yourself? 
like I said, a bit of surprise with the keys one. Like I thought, just it'd the be keys. Smith that's or, it. Well, I, I think they'd all be there. Like they all deserve it. No surprises with any of them being on the screen. But yeah, I wouldn't have thought that keys would have been higher than the other guys. But that's you fair. said about the legend cards. They're those red ones. Those one of one cards that we have that have a one point five times multiplier. Where those other ones that we've got for Gorn and Brayshaw are the diamond ones. So they're not one of one. They're one of a hundred. And they've got a 1.4 times multiplier. So you're right. Any of those legend cards would be beautiful. Yeah. But I'd still take a diamond of any of them as well because they'd have a huge impact on your fantasy team. Oh, mate. I'll take any card of any of those players after our pack opening. <laughs> <laughs> and before we get into our all GDS team, if you've come this far in the video, please leave a, leave a like, subscribe to the channel. We have all of our links in the description. As Callum mentioned before, we got our Discord, our TikTok. We started posting videos there. Get in touch with us. Let us know if you've got any confusion or whatnot with the platform. All the links are there. And hopefully, yeah, we'll see you there soon having a chat. But let's get into the all GDS team, Callum. Go through it, mate. Yeah, of course, of course. Start with our forwards this week. And I told you more had a poor game, but... He is able to keep his spot just like every other forward that you can see there. So there's actually been no changes to the forward line. Yeah, not which has been enough. the first time since we've brought this in that there hasn't been a change to a line. So that's a that's an interesting one there. Moving to our midfielders though, we've had Keys replace fellow crow Rory Laird. Wow. Who's in some of the Yeah. Yeah. So sorry, I've I've got that around the other way. Laird has replaced Keys. Ben Keys, so yeah. that makes sense. He had a massive game, and we've just spoken about how how much Benny Keys has been on our stud leaderboard. So exactly massive, right. massive. If um, Laird's overtaken him, the other midfield change is that Cripps has lost his bench spot to Christian Petrarca. So wow. hidden there on the bench, yeah, you can't see it. It's tucked away. You can just make out the jersey. But Petrarca has stepped in, and again, Cripps, another one we've spoken heaps about. So yeah, bit a bit happening there. That caught you by surprise. Definitely. Um, I was not expecting Laird to replace Keys. Like we've just given Keys such big raps all year, but um, and as well Cripps, he's a Brownlow. He's in Brownlow contention right now. And he's been knocked out of the best midfielders. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's because he had um, well, he's had like I said, a poor game, and then that average game where he got injured in the first quarter yeah. hurts his average, so it that drags really him hurts. down a little bit. So I think over time it'll fix back up. But hey, big big move there. Moving on to our back line, Sisley, who was very unlucky I didn't give him start of the week, is starting to build a solid case for himself now, and he's actually grabbed a bench spot, and he's done that off Port's fast starting um, Houston. So you remember Houston started the year, massive, massive scores, but just hasn't been it for Port during their run because we've been winning, so the ball hasn't been down back. But now good to see Sisley jump on the bench there. He's yeah. been killing it. Yeah, he's been so impressive. And I mentioned the other week that he was my buy now candidate for the show. Um, he's just so good. If you need to back him right now, he will be in the best six billion of the season. I have no doubts about that. Ooh, love it, love it. And the final one is the ruck position. And I wish, wish Kern was here because Wits has replaced the injured Grundy on the bench. So Wits is playing some awesome footy. I thought he had an awesome game on the weekend. He's playing the best footy of his career. Um, very big ask to knock off Gorn. So I think if any other Ruckman would say, hey, yep, I'll come, I'll be on the bench spot, I think you'd have to be pretty happy with that. Now, we have spoken about the bench, uh, sorry, the Rucks before. So because these guys haven't played 75% of the games, they don't meet the criteria. So 
Witts only actually has the fifth highest average. He's behind Proust, he's behind Grundy, and he's behind English. So if those guys can string a bit more, a few more games together, some we obviously know are out for are out for quite a while, i.e. Grundy. But yeah, some of those other guys, if they can start getting a few more games together, they should be looking to knock Wits ben out, look, knock him out pretty soon. Yeah, but honestly, I don't mind Wits being there. And Tuke Miller's form can be accounted for Wits play as well. With Wits playing well and dominating the ruck there, that's just helping Tuke Miller just score huge points in games. So nice little one-two punch there, and we'll see how long he can hold it for. Well, when the Suns are scoring more goals, there's more rucks and more chance for him to win some hitouts and be around the ball. So Absolutely. Yeah, no, I like that one. I like that one. Tom, we're going to move into our final segment here for our review show, and it's buy, sell, and hold. Do you want to kick things off? Who do you have as your buy after round nine? Yeah, man, I'd love to kick things off, and this person is very close to home. Um, you know, it's Isaac Heaney with Wee. Callum Mills, Jake Lloyd, Buddy doing some outstanding things throughout the season. It seems that people are starting to forget a little bit about Isaac Heaney. Not that anyone's completely forgot, but he's just flying under the radar. He hasn't had these monster games like he did at the start of the season. He's just cruising along. Um, but yeah, you know, he's he was in Brownlow level form. And if you're looking at that and someone's ready to sell or you can get a good deal for Isaac Heaney right now, you got to do it, in my opinion. And um, if you think he's a good player, so do the Swans. They've penciled him in till he's 31 years old. He is going to be a great dynasty option for the next five to four years. He's going to be, he'll be set and forget. So get yourself an Isaac Heaney if you can, because, uh, you know, it's going to turn real soon and you're going to have to pay that premium. I like that. I like that. Let me get in over all their forwards as well as we saw too. So he doesn't need to be averaging midfield numbers. He just needs to be doing what he's doing in the forward line to be a star. Exactly right. But I think I think the sky's the limit for him, honestly. I think he goes a lot further than just that. But let's get into sell. Uh, Cameron Guthrie is my sell now player. He's coming off a strong stretch of performances where he's been able to crack the triple digit scoring through three of his last four games, which is quite impressive. And if you're able to sell high on a player like Guthrie now and get some capital in return through some younger players or package him in a deal, then it's a no-brainer for me. Um, get a nice return for Guthrie now in fantasy leagues and you'll be able to build from there. You know, you've got to have your dynasty cap on sometimes. He is 29 years old. I think the best of his footy is definitely behind him, not in front of him. So ride this high stretch right now and get the most value from it. Jeez, I like that. How many more Geelong players could you be saying that exact same spiel for? There's a few. Half the team, really. (laughs) (laughs) Let's finish it off, mate, with my hold. And I mentioned we're going to come back to a player before who I thought probably deserved dud of the game, and that is Lockie Whitfield. And he's my player to hold because he has not lived up to his top five defender ranking in fantasy from last season so far. And if you thought things couldn't get worse for him this year... Last game, they just did. Having his lowest fantasy output for the season so far against the Carlton Blues. It is not time right now to panic and sell Lockie Whitfield if you haven't already. You need to trust his talent, wait for some better performances, uh, and then maybe make a move after that because you are going to get the absolute minimum for Lockie Whitfield right now after the games he's had. Yeah, I love that. Now, I've got a bit of bias here because I have a diamond Lockie Woodfield. He's probably like my prized card that I've currently got in my G- my real GDS squad at the moment. And with the new coach coming in, it always does present an opportunity for fantasy coaches to potentially have a bit of a gamble on saying, will the new coach 
change things up and who could benefit from that. And I really am keen to see how Lockie Whitfield goes because we know how talented he is. Can the new coach, whoever it comes in, and long-term, whoever it is, can they get the best back out of Lockie Whitfield? So if that is you, whether you're playing AFL Fantasy, Super Coach, or, of course, the best fantasy platform of all, GDS, keep an eye out for Lockie Whitfield cards because I know that something special could be brewing. Oh, yeah. Love that. Now, on to my buy, sell, and hold. I'm going to buy Lockie Neal. It's official. We are seeing the best version of Lockie Neal, which is super, super scary because there's a version of this bloke that won a brown low. He's on 137, 130 GDS average at the moment, third overall in the league behind the, the guys of Brayshaw and Smith who have been killing it from the start. But he is on fire. The Lions have a very, very nice four-game run in before the bye, and I feel like this is someone that you'd be looking to get that run going, a captain potentially in your current fantasy or your super coach at the moment, but definitely someone you'd be looking to have in your team for GDS long-term as well because he doesn't look like slowing down he looks like he's your guy for this year as well yeah mate he is unbelievable and watching him live he just teleports around the field and he's just at every single stoppage and contest i don't know how he does it he's a freak looks like we without even communicating have just decided we are both clearing out our geelong former stars because i'm selling patty dangerfield Ooh. averaging below 90 gds points it's his worst output our output since 2011 he just doesn't look like the guy that started the season, had a hot couple of games, and I'd be trying to move on to someone younger with a bit more upside. So, yeah, big Fair call. Enough, but, but it poses the question, out. is it time to sell him now while he's on the decline, or are you going to wait for a string of games there where maybe his value might increase, or are you just throwing him the towel right now and going, you know what, it's not getting better. It's done. Yeah, and that's it, right? You sit there and you look at it and... You might think one thing, I might think another thing, but that's why we love GDS because you can, whatever you believe in, you stick to it and yeah, hopefully it comes off. But something I do believe in, uh, and that's Jack Steele. So he followed up, if you remember, a stat of the week in our preview show, I said it was the first time in what, 18 or 17 games that he dipped below 100 AFL fantasy points and he's gone out and that was, he got 98 AFL fantasy points um, in that game. So he just missed out. But now he's actually gone back and got 77 points in the follow-up game, which is 88 in GDS. So after having an awesome run for 17 rounds, he's had two bad games in a row. And if we've learned anything about this guy, it's that that um those couple of weeks aren't a reflection of who this guy is. Keep the faith. He plays um, North and the Crows before they have a bear, uh, bye. So you know he's going to get a good run at it. Saints look in good form. And he's already in our GDS rolling team, so you know the quality over the season's been there. So, yeah, whatever you do, don't sell your Jack Steel cards. Do not. That's an absolute no from everyone here. Yeah. But that is going to wrap us up, guys, for another episode of our review show. Like Tom said before, if you have been watching along, you haven't been enjoying what we're doing, make sure you do give us a like, give us a subscribe. It does really help us get our content out there, helps us grow what we want to do, and helps us give us the ability to make more videos like this, as well as some other really exciting ones that we have planned now. We are only a few weeks away, like we said, from our game launching and actually starting competitions. So make sure you do jump in our Discord. You do follow our social medias because we're going to have all our announcements and some really, really cool stuff going. So anything else, Tom, you want to say before we head off? No, all that stuff's down below, guys. Check it out. Get into it. Thanks for another episode. Catch you next time. Cheers, guys.